you have a problem with jackets, but if he if he's asking about puffy jackets, I might have more than you if if Stephen, uh-huh. cuz I have one puffy jacket. Uh-huh. But I have two puffy vests. That's oh. where it's at. The puffy vest is where it's at. The vest life is the best life. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. It's like summer on your arms and winter on your torso. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like the mullet of clothing. It really, really is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is Lisa Marie Griffin, and I'm a big-ass runner from the great Cajun state of Louisiana. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain, encourage, enlighten, while sending out positive energy to the crazy and gritty trail runners from around the world. Now, here's your hosts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, thank you, Lisa Marie. Remember my toughest ultra? That was Lisa Marie that ran Borneo. Yeah, and then since then, Jeff, she's run some pretty amazing races where it was so cold, her hydration vest like froze. It, and, it froze over? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lisa Marie, thank you so much for that. She does some incredible runs and is actually quite fun to follow on Instagram. So thank you for doing that that introduction. Yes, you can follow Lisa Marie at compassion.activist on Instagram. Well, welcome to the Big S Runner. I'm Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Print. Stephen, this is episode number 33. You know what that means? Uh, I have no idea, Jeff. What does number 33 mean? This is the Larry Bird episode, or perhaps the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Wow, we're kind of stuck on the sports theme. Yeah, maybe, you know, hockey. Oh, what's that? Patrick Waugh. <laughs> Oh, what's hockey? <laughs> yeah, just kidding. I said with a little puck and they shoot it in the oh, thing, in the crease. That's right. Yeah. I like thing, that. In the thing. Yeah. And they do the blue line and all that. Oh, yeah. I like that. Patrick Waugh wore number 33, Stephen. He was a goaltender. A net minder. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, that sounds like a mind bender to me. <laughs> well, I've also heard that 33 is actually the number that means that it's you master something. So it's the number in numerology that means all things are possible. And that's very interesting, Stephen. And did you know, Stephen Holgate brought this to my attention. 33. Okay is the Rolling Rock episode. Rolling Rock being a beer that's brewed in western Pennsylvania, and they put a 33 on the label. Oh, wow. Well, or on the bottle. I'm not even quite sure myself. Oh, and it, what does that mean on the on the label? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are lots of different <laughs> theories, apparently. it's They think, well, it could be because it was purchased in 1933. Uh-huh. It could be that it's brewed at 33 degrees. It could be that there's another theory that there were 33 steps from the brewmaster's office to the brew f- brewery floor. Really? There's another one, Stephen, that there's 33 <laughs> springs that feed their reservoir. Really? Oh, my goodness. There's so many theories about the number 33. So whether it's the Larry Bird episode, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the what, would, what did you call it? Uh, all Things Are Possible. All Things Are Possible <laughs> episode. Welcome to episode 33. We've got a lot of awesome things planned, Stephen. We have a couple of actually fairly new segment ideas we're going to do today. Yeah, this will be really fun. And, and I think we always try to look for, for new opportunities. And like we said before, if anybody has ideas about segments, but these are going to be really fun. We hope that you guys will enjoy them and, you know, just kind of get new things going because it's, you know, it's getting ready to be springtime. The first one is a segment we're going to call Ask Jeff and Steven. Steven, you put out on social media a request for questions. We had a ton come in. We can't get to all of them, actually. Right. We picked five. We're going to address those. That'll be fun. So in the second segment, we're going to do something we're calling Which Race is Real? Because a lot of people are signing up for races right now. 
five Ks, etc. And so we're going to clear the air a little bit on what races are real and what races aren't. Yeah, I think this time of year, there's tons of 5Ks that are starting, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, to your point. But there are some crazy races out there, and it seems to me, Jeff, they all just kind of kick off around St. Patrick's Day. And for some reason in my mind, that's when all the crazy races begin. Crazy races. Crazy races. These are insane in the membrane. (laughs) But before we get to that, Stephen, we want to tell a little bit of a story about a race, because you were just talking about races are kicking off. Uh Uh-huh. And I think this was a race that you and I, I think it was the first race we ever did together. Yeah, I think we just started running together and obviously we were friends before. And so we said, you know what, let's just just get a race going. Let's put one on the calendar. And you and I found one, which is really funny because it's called the Message Marathon. But here's the funny thing, Jeff. It wasn't a marathon. <laughs> it wasn't a marathon. No, it wasn't even close to a marathon. Yeah, I think I think if I remember correctly, there was a 5K and a 10K. Yep. And you and I thought, okay, let's be overachievers and we'll we'll go to the 10K. So I think we nominally trained for it, you know, and it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about normal. We just put in half effort. And for us, it was on the other side of town. So for many of you guys know, we're in Dallas, Texas, but they call it the Metroplex. Oh, yes, they do. Because it consists of two cities, Dallas and Fort Worth. And so this was on the other one. It was kind of like the other white meat. You know, we've got chicken. This is the pork. Oh, my. Yeah. So we had to drive all the way over there to this race. Not so surprising. I think you guys have picked up on a couple of things on this show, but Jeff, you were there early. We drove separately because you were bringing your family. They were going to run the 5K, as I remember. That's correct. Yeah. So I came by myself. Yeah, I tend to get places a little bit early and Stephen tends to get places a little bit late. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was late. And so uh, normally, as you guys have all done these kind of races, you sign up and then most of the time the packet pickup is on the day of the race. Now, we've, we've run some, Jeff, before where you go pick up at the night before, it's at a sporting goods store or whatever. So this being across town, we got there, went to go get the packet pickups. The the location of this race was actually in the Fort Worth Stockyards. And for those- Clydesdales. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, They had Clydesdales running around. It was a family reunion for Jeff. So there's tons of horses and it's this really famous place where they literally to this day still actually bring cows in with cowboys into the stockyard. So we, we just just to heighten the stereotype about Texas, you know, that's all it's all good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you were to kind of say a stereotype about Texas, this is the this is, it. This is the epitome of it. So the thing that I remember correctly, Jeff, is that we, we you park one place, but finding where to pick up your packet in the stockyards was really difficult. It wasn't close. It feels like that was part of the race. Like, <laughs> hey, can you find where to f- pick up your packet? And then getting your packet and of course getting back to your car to put up whatever you had in there. But the other interesting thing was the starting line was nowhere near the pickup or where parking was. They didn't plan this out real well. No. In fact, it was like more like a scavenger hunt. So like getting warmed up, even though we were doing a 10K, I felt like a 15K by the time we got to the car. Yeah. And got back and all this kind of stuff. Yes. And then I remember we got to the starting line just in time <laughs> to hear the national anthem, which is really cool. Right. You know, it's a nice moment. You're there in the stockyards. You're on these kind of streets that are brick. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of echoey sound of the national anthem. And I remember because we signed up, we were really excited. This is a big race. Yeah. We had run one together. So we we're excited about that. And we look around during the national anthem and we see like 12 people. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're thinking, are we in the last wave? What's going on here? Yeah, and, you know, it's like, oh, because we in our mind we thought this is a huge race. It's it's the message marathon. It's in Fort Worth. I mean, droves or people are going to be there. So yeah, so we we heard the last parts of the national anthem, and then there was this unceremonious like giddy on up. I guess I guess we can go now. <laughs> I guess you go now. So that kind of led to us thinking, okay, well maybe there's other people out in the course. So you and I take off and we start trotting around Fort Worth. At points in time, races are pretty well marked, but it felt like you, you and I were just running on random roads, basically. We were running around on random roads, clomping around on these brick roads in the middle of downtown Fort Worth. Yeah, definitely a Clydesdale heaven. And um, I remember there being some really big hills because I was pretty shocked about that. But again, it's a 10K. It wasn't super strenuous. We get down with the race and finish, and then again, you look around, and there's really nobody around. (laughs) But they did have this really cool thing, Stephen. They wrapped us in aluminum foil. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like one of those Jiffy Pop. You guys remember those things as a kid with the popcorn? You shake it over the the thing, and they had those those foil. Well, they they gave us these emergency blankets. It's like the ones you guys see that when you do like a marathon. Because they thought it was a marathon, because it's called the... Message marathon. The message marathon, right? Exactly. So they they give us this, and we're like, "Thank you." So we walk around in our in our Jiffy Pop suit. I felt like a baked potato. <laughs> yeah. We then, as we said before, had to go find where we are, you know, to the finish. We got to the finish, and then we finally go back to where the packet is, and um, you go get your medal. And so yeah, so it was it was fun. Obviously, we enjoy running with each other, and I'm sure we got breakfast, you know, afterwards and stuff. But it it was just one of the most bizarre races I've ever run before at all. You know what was even more interesting, Stephen? What was that? About a month later, (laughs) I get a package in the mail. Uh huh. And it's another medal. And I'm like, well, I already got a medal for this race. This medal, though, looks a little larger. Right. And a little different. And I look on the back of the medal and it said second place. What? And I'm thinking, I've never podiumed. I podiumed. I didn't even know it. Uh Uh-huh. But you want to know why I podiumed? Why? It said second place 45 to 49. They broke it up into five-year increments, and there was like 20 people running the race. I think there were only two people in my division. Right. Which, of course, would be 45 to 49 Clydesdale. Right. And I got second place. How about that? I got a medal to prove it. Congratulations. You podiumed. It was awesome. Well, you know, it's funny because I actually did get a medal as well, too. But now that I think about it, I think everybody got a medal. I think it was one of those. Right. Well, the funny thing, too, is we'll take a picture and put it on Instagram. And most medals you get, you know, they're they're nice. Well, the finisher one where you get the podium, this is full out Texas belt buckle size. It's literally double the size of a normal medal. It's not a belt buckle, but it looks like a belt buckle. Yeah. It's like if you put it around your neck, it's like a Mr. T starter kit. I mean, it's it's like ready to go. Let me hear you say I pity the fool. Come on, man. Do you know how many times I've been asked to say that? Well, no more. I'm through. I'm never going to say those stupid words again. I pity the fool. 
yeah, it, it, it was really bizarre afterward, kind of walked around and said, okay, yeah, that was interesting. But one of the most interesting 5Ks we've ever done. And I know many of you guys are out there enjoying 5Ks and uh, it's, it's a fun thing to do. For us, sometimes the, the trails are closed here, so we have to run on roads. But to me, it just seems like springtime, lots of 5Ks, great opportunities. But this was one of those ones in the spring that was completely random. But congratulations, Jeff, you, you officially podium. I did podium, although I have no pictures to prove it. I did podium. Stephen, with that, let's get rolling with episode number 33. Well, Stephen, this is a new episode. We're calling it Ask Jeff and Stephen. You put out on social media, hey, do you have a question for Jeff and Stephen? That's why we're calling it Ask Jeff and Stephen. You know, that's the kind of original content and ideas. That Very we original name. We spent a lot of time thinking about that. But yeah, all kidding aside, Jeff, you know, lately we've been getting lots of questions and people emailing and stuff. And so we thought it'd be great just to kind of answer questions. Like to your point, there's lots that we had. So we'll try to get through as many as possible. But there were a few that kind of stood out. So we thought we'd answer them. And um, if not, we'll, we'll send you some information back on Instagram or email or however you you send us questions. But but Jeff, here's the first one. And this is actually not only an educational question, it's a good one. And I think it's so appropriate to ask this question. But the first one was from Steven. And Ooh, what, a, what a great name. I know. I love that name. He, he sounds wise, smart, handsome. Just sage. Sage. Yes. Just maybe on the same level that, as the data scientist. But, but Steven wrote in and asked, what constitutes a Clydesdale? You know, people have been studying that question for centuries, Stephen, so it's going to be hard for me to answer succinctly on a podcast. We probably don't have enough time for it. We don't have enough time. It is, I would say, Stephen, more than anything, it's a state of mind. Whoa. That's so meta. We just need to hold on for a second on that one. Being a Clydesdale is a state of mind. It's not about how much you weigh, Mm -hmm. the kind of shoes you wear. No, it's not. The kind of gear you wear (laughs) if you wear a saddle or not right or chaps or chaps (laughs) it's really more a state of mind i will say though i did some research yeah and i asked the data scientist for a little help right because i'm not good with numbers i'm a marketing guy i kind of make numbers up (laughs) and that ad's working phenomenal how do you know i just know i heard from one person They said it was great. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Now, I heard that uh, it tends to range between 200 and 220 pounds. Okay. That's uh, the research I did. If we did it, crunched all the numbers. And I'd say, you know, the average of that's 210. So let's just use 210 okay. as a guide. Usually if someone's heavier than 210 pounds, they would be in the Clydesdale category. But Clydesdales are very welcoming. They are. I don't care what you weigh, what you look like. Come on in. Water is warm. It's a great place to be. We're all Clydesdales at heart. That's true. Well, you know, it is is interesting because, you know, like you said, when you go to these races, sometimes they just automatically assign you to that. But follow-up question, Jeff, are there female Clydesdales? Are there like Clyde Clydesdalettes or miniature ponies? Or like, if is there is there a female version of a Clydesdale? I figured since you already know about Clydesdale, maybe you could address that question. You know, Stephen, there is. But it's really more a state of mine no i'm just kidding so there is yeah it's called athena whoa isn't she like the goddess of like 
power or, or something like, like that. war or something like that. Goddess of all things good. Yes. Yeah. Julia Wolf uh, told me about that. I wasn't even aware of it. Uh-huh. I had my Clydesdale blinders on, apparently. <laughs> and Julia let me know, yes, it's called Athena. Oh, very cool. In the female category. So that's really cool. All right. Well, that's good. Well, Stephen, I've got a question for you. Yes. And this comes from Stephen as well. Goodness gracious. <laughs> these Stevens are so curious. They are. What I is like going these, on? I like these guys. Stephen asks, Jeff and Stephen, do you have a celebrity doppelganger? And I think we probably need to define doppelganger first right, <laughs> before we answer this question. Yeah. So it's some of you guys, if you don't know what a doppelganger is, it's not a, a condition or a state of mind. Um, it's I think it's a German word that's kind of like... Sounds your, German. Yes. Uh, I'll have a side of doppelganger. Um, it sounds like also like maybe a radar, like is the storm coming? Let's, it, ch- let's check the doppelganger. Is it that thing in the back of your mouth that dangles? <laughs> yes. little thing? Is yeah. that the doppelganger? It, it gives you the great um, Timmy time bravado, I think. is, is <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, I think doppelganger, I don't know the exact definition, but it's it's like your twin. So or oh, like a lookalike. A lookalike, right. Your stand in, your stunt double, your your twin. So I think the question was who's your celebrity doppelganger? Yeah, you've got a good one. Yeah, so uh, kind of a funny story. I actually do. There's a volunteer program at the schools here. They call it Watchdog Dads. And basically the program, in short, is dads spend a day with their kids at their elementary school. So I've been doing this for with both my kids year after year. One year, <laughs> I was helping out at the school, and these kids kept on staring at me. And, and I was like, hi, you know, I'm, I'm the watchdog for the day. And they were like, what's up? You know, and I'm like, hey, yes, hi. And they're like, What's up, thrift shop? And I was like, thrift shop. I was like, no, this is this is Patagonia. It's, <laughs> I get it's this not, no thrift shop. Yeah, it's like this is this is not you know. They're like, no, you you're like thrift shop. And I was like, I, I yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, dude, you look like Macklemore. And I was like, oh okay. And and at the point in time, I sagely pretended like I knew exactly who Macklemore. Oh, of course, Macklemore. Yes, isn't that a fish? No. And. <laughs> Uh, then I obviously went and grabbed my phone and looked it up. And sure enough, I kind of do look like You Mac- look exactly like Macklemore. Everyone's looking right now on their phones. They're looking at Macklemore and they're going, yep, that looks like Steven. Yeah, it is it is kind of funny. So I'm like, okay, yeah, Macklemore. That's mine. Jeff, what, what about you? I don't have an obvious one. I've had a few over the years that people said I, I look like. The first one and probably the most often uh-huh. is Nicolas Cage. Really? I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's my mannerisms. I don't know. <laughs> Declaration of Independence. Uh, that is wrong what you did. And uh, you're a nosy Parker. And and uh, shame on you. I don't know. I, I Yeah, I get Nicolas Cage probably most often. And then there's a country singer named Toby Keith. I've gotten that a few times. I wish I sang like Toby Keith. Oh, yeah. Well, I have to say, Jeff, for me, looking at you, there's, there's definitely two options. There's, Brad Pitt. Well, that's true. Yeah, I was going to say Brad Pitt or Matt Damon, you know, some of those. But there is a there's a Jeff Beard and then there's a non-Jeff Beard. So I think that you have some flexibility in your doppelganger based on the amount of facial hair you have. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a real good point. Yeah. Well, that's Celebrity Doppelganger. Stephen, do we have other questions that came in? We do. We have another one that came in. This came from Run Denver Run. And oh, I he, love Denver. Yes. he's He's awesome. It's Run Double Underscore Denver Run. The question is, what is your worst experience uh, that you both had during a race? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind, Stephen, is the orange beacon of light. I told that story already, though, in episode, I believe that was episode number six. Uh-huh. 
So I won't repeat that one. I do have another one. And this was my very first ultra. Timmy Time and I ran Bandera uh-huh. several years ago. We I did a marathon back in 2001. Uh-huh. Hadn't run more than probably five miles since then. So I'm training for this ultra at Bandera. It's 32 miles. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a tough race. It's a lot of vert, especially for us in Texas, a lot of vertical. Right. And I just undertrained. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but you were on time, though. I was so on time. <laughs> I was on time. And I remember at about mile 28, mm-hmm. the course starts to head towards the finish line. Yeah. And you start to hear the music. Oh. And, you know, you're just tired. And mile 28, and it's tough. And I'm looking down at my Garmin. I'm like, Garmin's are amazing, but maybe this one's off a little bit because it sounds like I'm really getting close to the finish line. Right. So you start to get that, oh my gosh, I'm close to the finish line. This is almost over. I'm very excited. Uh-huh. The music's getting louder. I'm heading, heading closer and closer to the finish line. And all of a sudden, the course takes a right-hand turn oh. and heads the opposite direction. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Brutal. That's horrible. And it gets worse. Steven, I know you haven't run this course before, but right at the end is the biggest climb. It is one of those where you stop and literally, you know, climb. You're climbing straight up and straight down. Right. And after 28 miles of running on this, my quads were gone. My hamstrings were tight. Right. I'm exhausted. I didn't have my spring energy. I would have had more energy had had that. Yeah, you would have hopped right up that hill. (laughs) Up the hill. And so, yeah, it was it was a rough end to that race. Finally got through it, got over that big climb. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it headed back towards the music. <laughs> but that was probably my, you know, usually when you're four miles away, you can like, I can do anything at this point. But right. when you're turning the opposite direction and then hitting a big climb, it's just demoralizing. But we made it. We yeah. finished. It was great. That's not even fair. I mean, you're already mentally exhausted. And then to kind of get teased and then sucker punched. It was like a tease. It was a tease. Well, Stephen, do you have a worst race experience? Yeah. You know, Jeff, I haven't had any really bad race experiences as of late. The one thing that does come to my mind, and this is way back. So I actually ran cross country in high school. And I kind of call trail running adult cross country because it's very similar. Sure. Just less competitive. A little, and, and a little longer. Yeah, just a little bit longer. And we're a little bit older. But I remember one race in particularly, um, the cross country, I know we have some people that are coaches for cross country, but when you're back in the woods, it can get pretty, pretty chippy. I remember one time I was running, typically you run with a buddy or pair and that kind of stuff, but sometimes you can get spiked. And so imagine a, a track shoe that has those metal spiked. I had gotten spiked in the back of my heel. So I'm running, it's bloody and I'm, you're running at, at a pretty good clip there. But I was really, really tired, lots of turns back in the woods, and I slipped coming around a turn and literally fell in a ditch. You know? Oh, my. Yeah. So uh, here you are. You're trying to compete. It's a big race. You're already bleeding. I, I literally got spiked with a metal spike. And then I'm turning this turn. You know how you're tired at the end, and sometimes if you haven't just not on point, you kind of get a little wobbly. Got a little wobbly, landed in in a ditch. You know, basically, my friend had to pull me out of it. Pulled you out of the ditch? Yeah, he literally. Literally literally, and figuratively. He literally pulled me out of the ditch. And I just remember being so frustrated. And by that time, after getting out of the ditch and bloody and that kind of stuff, I think I had just had it. And I was like mentally done with the race. I did finish it. And yeah, I did okay, but not, not nearly what I wanted to do. 
Well, Stephen, I'm glad you finished that race. We do have another question. This one's from Greg, not a Stephen this time. Well, I don't know if this can be any good, but yeah. <laughs> this is from Greg. <laughs> I believe he asked it because he saw us a picture of us at Rocky Raccoon wearing puffy jackets. Yes. And he asked, who has more puffy jackets, Ooh. Jeff or Stephen? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I, actually, now, now that I think about that, Jeff, I mean, how many puffy jackets do I have? I think I have an answer for okay. who has more. <laughs> Okay, so I'll I'll go first. I actually only have one puffy jacket. However, if we're talking about jackets, plural, I think I kind of have a lot. What do you mean jackets, plural? What does that mean? Like just more than like just plain jackets, like for running, like our Vander jacket or, you know, just... just oh, take out the puffy part. Yeah, just, just out the who puffy. Who has more jackets? Yeah, like that kind of thing. I think I'm, I might, I'm, I kind of have a lot. I have, I have a little bit of a problem. You have a problem with jackets, but if he if he's asking about puffy jackets, I might have more than you if, if, Stephen. Uh-huh. Because I have one puffy jacket, uh-huh. but I have two puffy vests. That's oh. where it's at. The puffy vest is where it's at. The vest life is the best life. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. It's like summer on your arms and winter on your torso. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like the mullet of clothing. It really is. It really is. is. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think you still might have me because I, I only have one puffy vest. So, Well, you might want to think about a second. Really? Is but that like, it, a, like a springtime and a falltime puffy? No, nope, all the time. Oh, really? All the time, puffy puffy vest. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. Yeah, so swim shorts, flip flops, and a puffy vest. Puffy vest. It's a life it's, preserver. It's versatile. Right. It is so versatile. Yeah, I, no, I like that. All right, well, I think you, you might have me on that, but I think if it's- Did I win? I think you did. Okay, cool. You know what your consolation prize is? A puffy vest. A puffy vest. Nice. <laughs> yes. All right, well, Jeff, we have one more question, and these are really good, and thank you guys for sending them. Now, this one's a little bit on the curious side, so I had to read this one a couple of times, but this one comes from Neil, and Neil asked this question. He's like, this is this is really important, guys. This could really help you and save save your life on the trail. Yeah, I think everyone, whatever you're doing, just stop. Maybe get, get out a notepad, right. perhaps. Pull take, the car aside. If you're running, you might want to take a break and that kind of stuff. Grab some notes. Open up your Evernote. Get ready to write down some great content. Hard-hitting questions from Neil. He says this. When there's no beacon of light available, have you ever been forced to use a sock? I mean, mind blowing question, right. Stephen. I, I mean, I can't. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. It's hard to wrap my sock around that. <laughs> well, apparently, <laughs> yeah. Well, when I first read that, I have to be honest. I was thinking, well, I mean, it takes a lot of aim to to get it in a sock. And and what if you're what if you're not wearing tube socks? Like, what if you're just you know wearing, wearing the little gingies. yeah the gingies the little anklet socks i don't think that's going to do you much good but then jeff you kind of shed some i think he means do you wipe with the sock that's what i think you mean oh wow not not deposit the produce not deposit the uh, pooplet okay. into the sock okay so as if you were a you know a dog at a park gotcha all right um, okay, so there's there's no cleanup with uh, for for little. But maybe wolfies. I'm wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I thought he meant the wiping material. Okay, well that that might be <laughs> that might be better. But my my question is, then do you just run the rest of your race with one sock on the other foot? Sure. What about? Why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, what about um, getting blisters in the in the in the foot that doesn't have the sock? Maybe it's it's like with those paper towels, you know, that has a little perf where you can tear them in half. Right. Maybe your sock has a little perf. You just rip off the top, use it, and, right, to wipe. Yeah. You still got the ankle part. Off, off you go. 
I think what a better solution might be is to, while you're running, ask somebody to check out their shoes and say, you know what, let, let me take a look at that real quick and then maybe borrow their sock. I don't know if that's a good option. <laughs> no, either. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have to say, Neil, I don't think I've ever resorted to using a sock. However, I've had to use the facilities several times um, in the woods, but no, no socks were available. Usually it's leaves or uh, grass, I think. Yeah, it's been used before. Moss is another moss one. Moss is a good one. They they use that a lot on shows. When I watch shows and they have to poop in the woods, they use moss. Yeah, moss is great because it's it's a little bit of both. It's it's soft, it's spongy, no major <laughs> residue. <laughs> you don't have to worry if there's poison ivy moss. Oh gosh, can you imagine? Yeah, no, I couldn't. That, <laughs> that would that would be um Oh my gosh. Yeah, that, that would need more than Charmin on that. Yeah. So thank you, Neil, for for that question. I don't think we've ever done that, but maybe, you know, maybe we'll ask our listeners. Well, Stephen, I'm hoping that our listeners found this valuable. Thanks for sending in your questions. We will answer. We're trying to get answer all of them, Stephen, through social media. Yeah. Well, we'll DM you back and thank you guys for sending in your questions. And with that, that was Ask Jeff and Stephen. Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. We've got a couple of shout outs today, don't we? Yeah, Jeff, we actually do have a few. And the first one we have is actually from overseas over in Europe. We got a really nice note from Thomas. And Thomas, Jeff, believe it or not, is one of our listeners in Belgium. In Belgium? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember a few episodes back, we were saying that we were really popular in Belgium? Yeah. Well, I think it's because of Thomas. I love his waffles. Yes. Well, Thomas, he's an awesome guy. Um, He reached out to us on Instagram and was just talking how much he enjoyed the podcast. Um, He's over there doing some really cool trail runs. And you can find Thomas at Thomas, and I think it's Godin, G-O- D-D-Y-N on Instagram and he's a great guy. Thank you, Thomas, for listening and way to keep on going out there and we're so happy that you found the podcast and are enjoying it. Way to go, Thomas. And Stephen, we have a second shout out. I remember last week we said, hey, if you have someone that you would love to give a shout out or kudo to, let us know. And Terry Clark reached out. You know, Terry ran a half marathon last weekend. Yeah. She's out in the Phoenix area. And she runs with Ashley Durstein. And Ashley ran the 50K, or the 50, maybe it was a 50 miler. I think it was a 50 miler. Uh huh. And she actually podiumed. She came in third place. It's incredible. So kudos to Ashley for that. But double kudos to Ashley because Terry unfortunately lost her car keys on the trail. Right. In the middle of the race. In the middle of the race. So she's thinking about that. Where are my keys? And she's running and trying to finish. Well, two days later, Ashley went out with Terry and they found Terry's keys on the trail. Ashley, who had just run a 50 mile race, went out with her friend Terry to find the keys. Huge shout out, huge kudos to both Terry and a shout out from Terry to Ashley. Way to go, Ashley. This is awesome.
Well, Stephen, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this time of year, we see a lot of different races. They're starting to kick off, which is great. Yeah. Live races and 5Ks and these fun, fun runs and things like that. But we wanted to take a maybe a little bit closer look at them. Yeah, there's there's some crazy ones. I mean, I've seen things like the crawfish crawl. I mean, it seems like St. Patrick's Day has got tons of ones where you get all kinds of weird swag or just silly, funny, zany names and stuff. And I know a lot of times these are for charity and stuff, but there's some pretty crazy races out there, Jeff. So we thought we'd play a little game. Yeah. Everyone likes a game, Stephen. Everyone likes a game. Major bonus prizes going on here. Huge prizes for this game. We're playing a little game called Which Race is Real? So what we thought we would do is we did some extensive research. We employed the data scientists again to look at some of these races and have them research um, some races that are just maybe unique in different parts of the country. And what we're going to ask you guys to do is kind of fish out which ones are the real races and which ones are the fake. We're going to do five, Stephen, and of the five, three of them are fake. Okay. It's kind of like that game, you know, Two Truths and a Lie. Ever play that? Yeah. Just to get to know somebody. We're going to get to know some races because we're going to play three are fake and two are actually real races. So you got to pick out which ones are the real races. All right. Well, Jeff, let's get started. And again, some of these races are real. Some of them are fake. And let's see how you guys do. The first one is called the Bear Bum Fun Run. Okay. And this one is located in Keister, Minnesota. <laughs> and this is a night run. Okay. It's a really cool run. It's only run during a full moon. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yep. And they start around midnight and run all the way to, you know, the butt crack of dawn. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's really a fun, a fun race. Right. And I did a little research on this race because it was interesting. Uh -huh. The name kind of caught my attention a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And apparently you get a lot of swag. We love race swag. Right. Yeah. You, you don't as much because you tend to throw your shirt away. I kind of do. But or don't, you donate it. I donate it. Right. Yeah, I, you don't throw it away. You donate it. Cause, right. Because you like a particular kind of blend on your shirt. Yeah, a little picky. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently this race has a lot of race swag because what I read is it's, is it's got a lot of booty. Oh, wow. Okay. So I just assume they R meant race swag. Right, exactly. Lots of, of bounty, bountiful booty. Right. <laughs> lots, of, lots of bountiful booty is correct. And apparently this would not be the race for you, Stephen, because it's a very prompt starting time. I could never do this race. You could never do this race. Yeah, the race, apparently, when I was reading it, said there's no farting around. Really? They start right on time. Yeah, so you just kind of break wind and go. and they, Break and wind and go. Right. Off you go on the Bear Bum Fun Run in Keister, Minnesota. Okay. Well, all right. Well, Bear Bum Fun Run sounds pretty serious. I think I'm about to, I'm about to hit ultra sign up and sign right up for that sucker. <laughs> okay, ready to go in Keister, Minnesota. All right. Well, the second one we have is called the Sloppy Cuckoo 12-Hour Challenge. And this actually takes place in Penny Pack Park, Pennsylvania. What's a 12-hour challenge? You know, I don't know, but apparently they actually have eight stations there, Jeff, where they have professional chefs making and cooking omelets. Oh my gosh. I'm going for that Sign one. Me I up love for omelets. that one. 
So you get eat omelets for twelve hours? I, I guess <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's protein. You know, you could probably could use it. Well, get this, Jeff. Um, all of the finishers actually get a cuckoo whistle. Steve, that sounds like a very exciting race. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's definitely it's no yoke. It says that the team race is is called the Firequackers, um, and you just have to to beat out the uh, the poultry in motion. Yeah. So this is the sloppy cuckoo. 12-hour challenge that takes place in Pennypack Park, Pennsylvania. You had me at omelets. I know. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I love me a good omelet. You got to break a few eggs to get an omelet, and I think <laughs> that's, that's the case for this race as well, well. That does sound exciting. Well, let's go to number three, Stephen. This is the Chili All Day 10K. <laughs> okay. It's held in Terlingua, Texas. Okay. Which, for those of you that don't know much about Texas or uh, don't know much about Terlingua... It's, it's actually like, way out in the western tip. It's, it's very close to Bend, the Big Bend area oh, of yeah. Texas. Yeah. Okay. Out near no, Marfa? <laughs> no, Marfa. <laughs> yeah. Mary and Marfa. Mary and Marfa. <laughs> and uh, yes, and they are, Terlingua is known as the chili capital of the world. Really? It's, but, it's, so it's known as the chili capital of the world? The chili capital of the world. The race starts uh-huh. with a ceremonial cutting of the cheese. Okay. <laughs> This sounds like it should go back up to the uh, the, the bear bum run. It should. They actually have a 50-pound block of Limburger okay. that they cut, and that signifies the starting of the race. Okay. Wow. Yes. It's a very laid-back race, Stephen, unlike the other one that we were talking about where it starts on time. Right. Apparently, there is a lot of farting around at this race. Oh, really? Okay. I kind of like this one then. Yeah, you like this one. Yeah. And the slogan for this race is, all gas, no brakes. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, in Turlingua, Turlingua, Turlingua. Yep. I feel like that's like something that Charles Barkley would try to say. That's that's, that's tur- terrible. Turlingua. 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 Terrible. That's terrible. That's a terrible idea. That's terrible. All right. So we have just uh, for you guys that are playing at home or as you're running, we have the Bear Bum Fun Run. We have the Sloppy Cuckoo 12 Hour Challenge. The chilly all day 10K. And number four, we also have the boring marathon and half boring half marathon. And oh, bo- wow. Yeah. So there's a half and a full boring. So this is a very slow race, I'm thinking. Maybe? I, I guess there's not much scenery, but it actually takes place, Jeff, in boring Oregon. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess there's not much going on there. But they have uh, lots of drones because they just drone on because it's boring there. So taking pictures of you running and stuff, the drones? <laughs> I guess so. That's I awesome. Because they're bored. There's nothing else to look at. Just uh, droning on and on. They're just going on and on. There's nothing else to do there but run. So I guess that makes it boring. Um, apparently, there's lots of goats, lots of slugs. Maybe is that is that like the finishers or is that like a, a new category instead of Clydesdale? I think people are shooting at you and you have to avoid, <laughs> avoid the shots. There's slugs everywhere. Oh, slugs. Okay. Well, I don't know what slugs and bagels have to do with each other, but apparently there's lots of bagels there as well. But the cool thing about boring is, I think this is out of pity, honestly, that if you do really, really well, that it's actually a Boston qualifier. A Boston marathon qualifier? Yeah. I mean... I'm in. I, I feel like... Because actually, I'm not in. You're so, you're so bored. <laughs> yeah. That uh, if you complete it and, and you're still awake, that you get to go to Boston, I guess. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there it is. The uh, the boring marathon and half boring half marathon. Man, don't sign me up. I mean, sign me up. Right. Okay. Well, Jeff, I think that's the fourth one. So do we have one more? That We they... have one more. Yes, we do, Stephen. It's called the Easy Cheesy Fun Run. <laughs> does and this come in a can? It does come in a can. <laughs> 
It's held in Plymouth, Wisconsin, which is known as the cheese capital of the world. Okay. It is both a cheese festival and a 5K. Uh-huh. This sounds sharp. And Stephen, this is not your average race. Okay. That's terrible. Okay. It is a Gouda race known for its sharp turns. <laughs> it is a very beautiful race. It's very cheesy on the eyes. That's terrible. Okay. Well, that sounds like a really good race. I'll, I'll take your curd for it. I like that one. That was not terrible. Uh, I think the slogan, though, of this one, Jeff, is it doesn't get any cheddar than this. Okay, let's get serious here for a second. So, oh, I, I see what they did there. Yeah, I mean, these guys are clever. They're so clever. I think there's this common theme of dairy and farts and cheese and butts. I So, like we gas, said. Yeah, gas. Yeah, the yeah, chili. Yeah, so... So here's the list again. We'll we'll just kind of read it off. And again, you're trying to delineate. Now keep in mind, two of these are actual races. <laughs> Believe are, it or not, these are real races in real places. So here we go: the Bear Bum Fun Run, the Sloppy Cuckoo Twelve Hour Challenge, the Chili All Day Ten K, the Boring Marathon and Half Boring Half Marathon, right? And the Easy Cheesy Fun Run. I have no clue which ones are real. Yeah, I, I don't either. That, I mean, the fact that those are even close, I feel like it's a really bad game of Boulder Dash. It, it feels that way, Stephen. All right. Well, there you go, guys. If you're running right now, we'll give you some time to think about it. And um, major extensive prizes behind door number two if you guys get this right. And that is Which Run is Real? Well, Stephen, believe it or not, episode number 33, better known as the Larry Bird Rolling Rock episode, is coming to a conclusion. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you guys so much for listening. We know that you have a lot going on and you have lots of choices. So we sure hope that you continue to listen and really enjoy the podcast. Tell your friends, your neighbors about it. And Jeff, there's really one way that we could really use some of their help. And that's really around writing reviews. Like, do you actually have to write them? Like, mail a letter kind of a thing? No, you know, actually, no stamp is needed. I don't know if, if those are even used anymore. No, I don't think they are. I think I can't find one. Yeah, a book of stamps could probably last you about 50 years now, since nobody really writes letters. But yeah, if you could actually write a review. So for us on, on Apple Podcasts, I think that's one of the main ways. I know people listen on Spotify and SoundCloud and other places. Apple iTunes is really the best way for us because... Not only does it just help us and encourage us, but actually the more reviews there are, the higher the podcast ranks. And again, for us, it's not necessarily about the podcast ranking. It's just a good way for Apple to tell more people about the podcast. So it's kind of like a way to, to share with other people out there. So if you think about it and, and maybe you're a newer listener, or maybe you've been listening for a while and you have just a few seconds, if you could just rate, review and, and subscribe, that really helps us rank with Apple and iTunes. And it just kind of gets the word out more than, than just what we normally can do just through you know social media and those kind of platforms. Yeah, Stephen, it would be a great honor if they would write us a review. And by the way, thanks to everyone who gave us such great feedback on the Bill Luttrell episode and story yeah. and Rose's episode last week. We got such good feedback. They were both so honored by your words and touched by your words. So thank you for that as well. 
Hey, Stephen, you know, we just announced that beanies are back in the store. Yeah, we have a few more left, but we also know we're getting ready to, as we said, get, get ready for spring. So so little teaser, we're working on a couple of ideas that hopefully we'll see and be able to make an announcement on in a couple of weeks. Ooh, can't wait to hear about this. It's going to be exciting. Awesome. Well, with that, let's wrap up episode number 33, Stephen. Until then, get out there, enjoy the trails. And keep running your asses off. What's the what's the movie he does? National Treasure. Yeah, what was he always looking for? Um, Maps or something? Uh, the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Is it my turn? Uh, I think it's your turn. Yeah, it's my turn. I right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I got a fear. Wow. You know, I've talked about the beacon of light. That's, <laughs> that, that one comes quickly to mind, but I'll, I'll do a different one since I've already told that story uh-huh. in, in episode number something. Something orange. S- should, I, should I pause and get the episode number? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. Oh, yeah. And I remember I, it about, it about, and it gets worse. So, uh-huh. Stephen, you've run this course before. Have you? No. Oh. <laughs> Steven, I know you haven't run this course before, but... Yeah. What, it, and what's that hill? What's that called? Ice Cream Hill? Is that right? That's not the one, but there is one called that. Yes. Oh, okay. Cut that part out. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not it at all, Stephen. That's really close, Stephen, but not even close. So. All right. Well, Jeff, we have another one that's really yours, so I won't ask that question. <laughs> You're going to do the puffy. Oh, Jeff. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I have to say, Nick... Um, Neil. I have to say, Neil. I have to say, Nellie. I have to say, Nathan. We will answer some of the rest of them through social media and other ways, right, Stephen? That's correct. <laughs> oh, you want me to go ahead? Oh. Um, no, let me, let's, let me start over. Okay. Uh, the other thing is the eggs. Um, exciting? Eggs. Oh, oh, just, oh sorry. <laughs> well, let's go to number three, Stephen. Okay. This is the chili. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, it. <laughs> I got the giggles all of a sudden. Oh, no, we have the we have the slop. We have the bear bun. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that really is a great way to help. Just, just. I had, had a thought and it just totally left me. Go back, <laughs> Hey, hey, you still there? You still, you still listening? Hey, Jeff, is this thing on? Are, are they, are they still running? They're still running. Oh, they're, really? they're, they're putting in the miles, Stephen. Hey, you know what? We, we forgot to do something. We, we did, and that's not uncommon, right? Well, honestly, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, some of the you guys that are running right now, we just wanted to say, I know that you really, really wanted to know which races were the real ones. Yeah, they're like, what the heck? You didn't tell us which ones were real, which ones weren't. Do you think it was the bum one? Uh, I kind of knew the answer, so I didn't think it was that one. Okay. Well, listen, thanks for listening. If you've gotten this far, then you really deserve to know the answers ahead of time. Good point, Stephen. Yeah. So here's your prizes. If you guessed number two, the Sloppy Cuckoo 12-Hour Challenge. That is a real race. You were correct. Believe it or not. And the second one out of the two that were real is, drumroll please, the boring marathon and half boring. You're half- kidding me, Stephen. Why are we whispering? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds cool, though. I feel like we're going to disrupt the running. Oh, well, that's true. Well, anyway, congratulations. Keep running hard. And if you got those two right, 
you're amazing. Good job. And by the way, hydrate. Hydrate. Make sure you hydrate and take a spring energy gel as yes. well. Yes. All right. See you guys. Good luck.